All right. Welcome back, my friends. My name is Adam McRoberts. I identify today as he, him, his. I'm here with Beth Chambers. How do you identify today, Beth? She, her. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We are here right now, staying present. How do you stay present? Oh, that's actually something I work on all the time. I I like to stay present and I have to remind myself constantly to kind of get back into what I'm doing at the moment and not always think about what's up to come, what's next. I tend to, to live in the, the future a little bit and always going towards something else. So how do you remind yourself to stay present? Um, I guess most recently trying to really uh, tap into things in my body, like even when I'm standing, like feeling all corners of my feet on the ground and when I'm running or when I'm walking, feel the whole foot go through. I think that's something that I've kind of gotten out of. I'm just kind of hitting instead of really feeling the movements and using all my body the way it should be Mm. used. That's a good point. That's a good way to do it. How do you stay present? Um, it's a good question. Um, like if I'm driving, I'll put the windows down and just try and feel the wind. Um, I'll try and listen to what's going on around me. Um, I try to be as present as possible when I'm talking to people. I think I struggle with that because that's my ADD brain. My brain just kind of wanders off. Um, so yeah, it's a struggle, but uh, I do my best. I think you do a good job with trying to live in the present. I try. You got to yeah. get a little bit closer when you talk. Sorry, microphone problems. Okay, guys, it is June 8th and summer is in full swing. We're running, we're biking, we're camping. And race season and FKT season are in full effect. We've got another outstanding guest for you guys this week. His name is Paul Hoogie. He just ran the Grand Canyon a whole bunch of times and in the process set a new fastest known time. We ran the Grand Canyon. Yeah, we did. It was amazing. I'm so glad I did it. I would actually go back again and do it another time. It's one of my favorite runs. I I didn't really know what to expect. I've seen the Grand Canyon from the top, but it was... Definitely challenging, but it wasn't as extreme as I think I thought it was going to be. I only went one way. I went north to south. And I remember we set up a car and Adam did both north to south. And then you went back to the north. Um, In the future, I would definitely do both ways instead of driving around. I think you... You got there the same time I did. I drove around and you ran back and it was like an hour yeah. difference. <laughs> it takes so long to drive from one side to the other. Yeah, it's almost just as fast to run it. It is. <laughs> so what did we, I don't even remember. Did we set up two cars? We did. The night before we went and set one up that we rented in the South Rim. And we actually met some people that we drove. Remember we met some hitchhikers or somebody who missed their shuttle? They missed the shuttle coming back from the South Rim. So we picked him up and we drove him back to the North Rim. Why don't I remember this? <laughs> <laughs> Great. You were driving. <laughs> um, but yeah, we did that. And then you went both. And when we got to the car at the South Rim after doing the North to the South, 
run, uh, everything was frozen. It was really cold. Um, I remember I had no money, which I didn't even think about. And so you gave me like 20 bucks because I wanted chips or soda or something for the four or five hour drive that I had. And I couldn't buy anything for 10, for 20 bucks. (laughs) It was so expensive. (laughs) So what did you, did you feel anything when you were running the Grand Canyon? Like, did you, like, what was the process like for you? We started, I remember really in the early in the morning when it was still dark um, and going down in and then we saw the sunrise, which was just beautiful. And our weather, when we were down in the canyon, I remember wearing a tank top and shorts. It was probably 70s. Yeah. It was beautiful down there. Um, I remember the field. We, we also went over Thanksgiving. And so there were not too many people there. It was pretty quiet. It was just majestic. It's beautiful. I I think it's an unbelievable run or place. Yeah. 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 It's one of my favorite runs. I've done it a couple times, but not nearly as many times as our guest today. So he did the rim to rim 10 times. Wow. 10 times. Uh, or I guess you could say the rim to rim to rim five times. Uh, he ended up running a total of 226 miles with 58,000 vertical feet. Uh, it took him four days, 17 hours and 22 minutes. That's unbelievable. Can you imagine? No, that's awesome. Great, great job. I mean, when you ran the rim to rim, you had no desire to run back, right? No, not at that the time. Day. No. no. And so now if you were to double that and run the rim to rim to rim, can you imagine doing that five times? No, I cannot. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, Paul is no spring chicken. The man's 58 years old. He's got like, what's that, 12 years on me? Yeah. You know? So, you know, I mean, what what a stallion. I mean, (laughs) I mean, that's... That's just how I want to be when I'm that age. You know, I want to be like Paul when I grow up. Nice job, Paul. Totally. I mean, totally kudos to you. Yeah. So great, great episode coming up for you guys. So um, I think you guys are going to dig it. We are now on Patreon. You can check us out there. If you guys listen to this podcast and you have a couple extra bucks a month to throw our way, we would surely appreciate it. Patreon is a place where I'm going to put a whole bunch of bonus podcast content. Uh, I just started this thing, and as of right now, I'm not going to lie, we have no followers. So, for this episode only, if you follow and donate to our Patreon, I'm going to get you guys some merch. Uh, That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you want a Big Things Crewing shirt or a Do Big Things hat? This is how you get one. Follow us at patreon.com slash do big things and donate a couple bucks to keep this podcast alive. I don't get paid for this. I'm doing it all. I'm reaching out to guests, reaching out to sponsors, booking, producing, editing, uploading. Um, you know, can't, I'll reach out to a podcast guest, um, try and set a date that gets canceled. We reset a date. 
they're late or it's it's such a headache you guys but i'm doing it all out of love for the game like i love ultra running and i love podcasts um i'm doing my best to bring you guys the stuff that i like to hear when i'm out on my long runs so help us out please let's keep this thing alive if you follow and donate at patreon.com slash do big things i'm gonna get you your choice of a hat or a shirt and you will receive exclusive access to the things that most people don't get access to right now i've put the lost interview of michael beerstig i hope i'm saying that right beerstig uh he was the winner of the coca donut 250 this year and it's our original interview we had to record the podcast twice because the sound quality was so bad However, if you can put up with the poor sound, the interview is pure gold. Uh, he's not a very public guy, and he doesn't do a whole lot of interviews. So this is exclusive content, me talking to him before I knew him very well. And it's just him and his van. It's a great interview. You can only hear it if you follow our Patreon. So check it out. Uh, donate to us, and I'll shout you out on the podcast. And you will be helping to keep this ball rolling. Beth. You see how much work I put into this podcast. You do, definitely. <laughs> it's uh, it's a labor of love, but uh, it can be a pain in the butt sometimes. Um, just wrangling up guests, um, figuring schedules out. You know, me doing this when I'm exhausted, I got to get all caffeinated up just to be present and have a conversation. Well, because you do it and also work a full-time job yeah. and training for 200. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, and running a business and and on and on and on. Uh, we want to thank our sponsors. First of all, Exoskin. They make a full range of apparel from hats to socks and everything in between. Exoskin is the only seamless athletic apparel brand that is made in the U.S. Their stuff is really comfortable and great at providing protection from chafing, blisters, hot spots, and odor. If you're into anything outdoors, you got to check them out. Their shorts, socks, shirts, hats have all been through the most challenging races in the world, and they stand behind their product with a 30-day money-back guarantee. If you wear it and you're not convinced... Send it back for a full refund. So you got nothing to lose here, guys. Check them out. I want you to get on exoskin.us. That's spelled X-O-S-K-I-N dot U-S. Use our discount code BTC, all caps, for 20% off. That's BTC for Big Things Screwing. 20% discount code right there, you guys. For some of the best apparel in the running world. This podcast is also brought to you by On Pace Wellness. Will Benitez is working with some of the finest athletes around, and he's helping them find even more success. Will is a certified nutritionist, and he knows what he's talking about when it comes to diet and nutrition. You want to take your game to the next level? Contact On Pace Wellness. Maybe you're not an elite athlete, and you just want to be healthier and feel better. Maybe you just need a little bit of guidance. Contact On Pace Wellness. This isn't a big commitment either. You can just contact him and get set up with a month or two just to get you on, on track. Mention this podcast and he's going to give you a 10% discount and get you properly tuned up for success, baby. Last but not least, this podcast is also brought to you by Athletic Brewing, the finest non-alcoholic craft beer on the market. 
Have yourself a tasty beer or two without all the negative side effects. You can have one in the middle of the day and not have to worry about driving. You can have a couple at night and not have to worry about being groggy in the morning. There's no hangover with this stuff because there's no alcohol. Check them out, athleticbrewing.com. Use our discount code, McRobertsA20, all caps, for 20% off the best NA beer around. Buy two six-packs or more, and you don't have to worry about shipping costs either. Enjoy the taste without the hangover. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the man that ran the Grand Canyon rim to rim 10 times and set a fastest known time in the process. Mr. Paul Hoogie. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Do Big Things Podcast, where we want to inspire you to do big things. This podcast is brought to you by Big Things Crewing, a service for ultra runners from beginner to elite. Not only can we get you trained up, but we can also crew you into the finish line. Find us at big-things-crewing.com. Now, here is your host, Adam McRoberts. feeling great okay got it all right yeah no feeling feeling great i i went for a run yesterday with my my rocky mountain runner group and um nice. was was found out i wasn't quite um quite refreshed yet but <laughs> um but i'm getting there yeah doing good good was that the, the monday night up green mountain run exactly nice. exactly nice yeah yeah well, have you must... joined us before yeah yeah actually i used to run with them uh back in the early days of rocky mountain runners um gosh i would okay. say like seven years ago i ran with ryan okay. and Silke yeah. quite often and uh nice it's been a long time though i honestly i do most of my training by myself so it's been a long time since i've ran with you guys so i'm i'm definitely right. definitely due to come back out and catch up yeah, well, we'll come out. It's more of a Monday night social event than yeah, anything. So, absolutely, yeah, it'd be well, great to I have like you about it for sure. Well, Paul, introduce yourself if you don't mind. Tell us who you are. Um, so I'm Paul Hoogie. I'm a. I live in Boulder, Colorado. Um, I'm a emergency room nurse, amongst other things, and um, I, I like to take on adventures. So um, that's. <laughs> been been most of my life for the the several decades awesome. or at least um at least yeah. the last four yeah um it looks like you're off into the foothills right now i think i know your neighbors um rolf and is it karen yeah rolf and karen moved rolf up and here karen. yeah a, a few years ago they're great folks and um i guess that's partly how we got connected here but yeah um 
they're um yeah yeah it's great we got a great spot up here we're just up here by walker ranch and ah. everyone's kind of spaced out it's nice nice beautiful do you run at uh walker ranch quite often quite quite often yeah. it's great being right here you know with, with the trails right outside your door yeah um, you can't beat that and and just running down to to boulder yeah uh, quite often and and running into friends and becomes a social thing too it really um, does it's, it's great yeah it's uh it's a small world once you're in in boulder here you're out on the trails and you always bump into somebody you know right are you yeah, I got, you gotta boulder? love that i'm not i moved out here about 25 years ago okay um i was in california and then um um i uh, had a, a prior to that texas but um i basically kind of took on a big life change about oh, 30 years ago almost now as the, the vice president of a, a couple banks um uh, branches and um it spent a, a lot of time in my early 20s working quite hard in the corporate ladder thing had enough of it and um came out to the outdoor mecca of boulder and and had a huge lifestyle change and and it was the best thing i ever did i've been nice. loving it ever since yeah yeah what inspired like a lot that? of people what inspired yeah. that for you yeah well I, I always had that that in me and um uh you know i i, I wanted a career but um kind of um it, it just never left so my 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 brother is uh was involved with the park service for for a, a long time and kind of got me um into adventures early on and um so that that kind of never left me and and um it's always been a part of me so okay. um it wasn't wasn't really an inspiration so much as as realizing who i was and and i got out here and and just took off yeah yeah what sort of adventures were you getting up to in the early days early days it did a lot of i did some biking across the country i did mm. did a lot of um long distance hiking um primarily okay. that sort of stuff um um and, and kayaking yep um yeah okay and so just kind of since then take to kind of taking those things to a to a, a new level yeah totally yeah. yeah so you biked across the country yeah really nice yeah so that, that was great that's a life changer i'm uh, guessing yeah yeah as a, as a young guy for sure um, and yeah a lot of biking on the california coast and and that sort of stuff you still a lot of road biking but um came out here i got into mountain biking got into the kind of expedition kind of out there kayaking mm. a lot more okay. um mountaineering yeah skiing the, <laughs> the usual boulder bit all of the above right what everyone does all the above yeah you still keep up with it all um i do yeah. i do so um, my wife and I usually try to travel once a year somewhere pretty exotic um, with the kayak and get out um, on our own for, for a week or two in the middle of nowhere. Okay. Um, do that, um, do a lot of skiing and, and snowboarding yeah. during the winter. And then um, a lot of just love spending time in the mountains and in, um, in, in the rest of the time. Yeah, me too, so, man. Me too. Yeah. Um, well, your latest adventure was a rim to rim times 10. 
and or you could call it a rim to rim to rim times five i guess however you want to look at it um yeah. and i want to get into all that but um uh let's go back a little bit so um it sounds like yeah you're doing some long distance biking and mountaineering and skiing and hiking and just all that how did you get into the crazy world of ultra marathon i had a um a doctor friend of mine who um early on about i guess this was maybe gosh going on 20 years ago now um was was doing a lot of ultras um when it was not quite you know as popular as it was now he yeah. did bad water a few times mm -hmm. and and just everything and hard rock and um i paced him quite a bit and helped him out uh. um with that and and I never thought I really wanted to, you know, kind of do that, but kind of got sucked into it like everybody does. Yep. Yeah. yeah. You spend a little time out doing it. And, yeah. You know, I feel like pacing. I, I is like, like the challenge. Yeah. I feel like pacing is like the gateway drug, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like once you get like more taste of it. <laughs> I love the challenge, but just, yeah. um, just being out, out on the trails. Um, yeah. And like you, I, I do a lot by myself. Yeah. Um, it's just really my meditative, you know, therapy yeah. that, that really keeps me going. Yeah. Well, you're, you're 58 years old, if I'm not mistaken. So how have Correct. you managed to stay healthy throughout all this? Like most ultra runners go hard for, you know, five, 10 years at the most, and then their body's all broken up. And then that's kind of it for them. They, they might do a little hiking or something, but. Um, how have you managed to keep it up all these years? I think you do see a lot of that. And I, I find that unfortunate. I, I think, um, you know, uh, I, if, if, if I was a pro level athlete, I can, I can see that happening. You know, you want to, you, you have this opportunity to win things. You want to get out there and give it your all, but um, to, for that kind of longevity, you really need, it's important that you enjoy what you're doing. And I think uh, ultra running, especially it's, it's, it's tough. And if you don't enjoy it, if you don't enjoy being out there and if you don't try not to take your workouts too seriously, if you more look like it, look at it as, as I'm just going to go out and, and have fun on the trail. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's important both psychologically and, and, and for longevity, you know, in anything. Yeah. So 20 years ago or so, when you were getting into all this craziness, were, were you looking, you know, years and years ahead saying, I want to be able to do this for years? Or um, was there ever a time in your life where you thought, you know, maybe I should try and get really fast and maybe win a couple of these races? Or what were your thoughts? <laughs> I've, I've, I've gone through, I'm, I'm a terrible trainer. I've, I've, I've gone through <laughs> periods where I, you know, kind of tried to focus on things but again i kind of get back to that 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 life balance you know and i know my limitations i'm you know never going to win anything and it 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 really like most of us it it becomes uh, the challenge against yourself more than anything mm -hmm. than anyone else and so um I think, I think I've been able to keep it in perspective, even though I, I can't say I haven't gone out and, and trained and worked and worked hard to, um, to, to get some fitness, but, um, but I, I, I've never taken it out of perspective of, you know, who I am and what's important. 
Yeah. So you've never like solely identified as I am Mr. Ultra Runner and this is going to be my big event for the year and and everybody's going to know my name after this race. And <laughs> yeah, no. Never gone no, down that and, route. And I I haven't and and even though, you know, this Grand Canyon crossing, you know, it's obviously going to draw some attention. Mm-hmm. Um that that's not really my goal, you know, it, 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 at all. It's, it's, it's really just that personal adventure. I think, um, again, if you, if you're doing this stuff and you'll probably found out yourself, if you're doing this stuff for somebody else or to impress somebody else, or, um, because, you know, you believe, you know, somebody will think you're great, then, then you're probably going to be kind of depressed and disappointed in the mm-hmm. end, because in, I mean, there's, there's people that care about this, but for the most part, you know, nobody cares more than you and, and maybe your mom or something. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, hundred um, percent. I, I coach a few athletes and uh, all mostly ultra runners and they're all training for, you know, different, everything from half marathon up to a hundred miles. And, and that's one of the first questions I always ask them, like, what's your why, you know, if it's to impress somebody, you're probably doing this for the wrong reasons. And, you know, I, you know, when I ask what your why is, I want you to put some thought into it, you know, and, and uh, it, it, it's a big question. And yeah, a lot of people are just, you know, they want to check it off the bucket list or yeah, they want to be that guy at work who did that big, crazy thing. And um, right. Everybody's got uh, different reasons, though. I think that that's a, a great question. I think um, just in general, dear audience, I think that's a question. Yeah. Everybody should be asking themselves. Yeah, you know, everybody just, should just keep it in perspective. Yeah, yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah. Um, one of the, you know, how Boulder is as well, you know, there's, there's always somebody that's, that's better, you know, stronger, faster, smarter than you, you know, so, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a great place to keep your ego in check. That's for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) When I, I, I first moved here, I moved here like probably seven, almost eight years ago. And, uh, you know, I, um, this is probably a common story with a lot of people that moved to Boulder. Like, you know, I, I felt like I was pretty fit. I had won a couple races in Wisconsin and I came out here and wanted to be a mountain runner. And, you know, shortly after I moved here, went out for a bike ride and, uh, this older gentleman with white hair blew by me on the bike, like, I yeah. and I'm like, well, <laughs> I guess I'm in Boulder now. Like everybody's some, a multi-sport athlete and, uh, it's just how it's going to be, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I remember going up Bear Peak one day. That's the exact sort of thing when I first moved here, and this older guy just blasted past me, and I was like, "Geez, you know, I I, I should be able to keep up with this guy." Of course, I couldn't, you know. Yeah. And I I got to finally got to the top, and he was still there, um, hanging out, and and that's the first time I met Buzz Burrell. Ah, okay. So, <laughs> that's awesome. Yep. Yep. For sure. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw somebody running up a 14 or my mind was just blown. I'm like, there is like, how is that even possible? Like, I can't, like, I can barely hike up these things. And, you know, I just remember this guy running up and he had trekking poles and I just thought, man, that's a Greek God right there. <laughs> you know, I just, it was always in my head. Like, I wonder if I could ever do that one day. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is uh, it looks like you 
did a, I'm guessing it was like a self-supported adventure at one point. You ran from Boulder all the way up to Long's Peak and back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, 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 Paul Pomeroy had initially done that and uh, but he took a mostly trail route. And then I thought, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try to set FKT with the most direct route since okay. that's kind of, kind of going to Long's Peak, a popular Boulder thing. Yeah. Um, and um, my wife did, did support me oh, along the way okay. on that. Yeah. And, um, but, but that was a great, nice, fun little adventure. Was that about a hundred miles? And, um, comes out to about 90. Okay. Yeah. And did you run bad, the roads back and forth? I did mostly, you know, gravel roads and then, and then, yeah, the paved roads, the most direct okay. way went up through Jamestown and peak to peak. And, um, you know, until you hit the Longs Peak Trail. Got it. I got to ask, um, well, it's funny because uh, I was just thinking about this adventure and thought, I wonder if I, like, maybe I should do that. I'm looking for like kind of a 24, 30, 35 hour type self, self-supported self adventure to do this summer. And that crossed mm-hmm. my mind. So I got to ask you how long it took you. Yeah. So um, the, my time on there is about a little over 23 hours oh wow i think it's like 23 hours 17 minutes or something like that that's yeah so um yeah that's good i got got a little frozen on top of of longs but kind of little storm came in and some hail and stuff but got up and tagged it and and head back down but yeah i think it's a it's a great natural adventure from boulder i mean you know it's 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 long peaks with the um long approach Yeah. yeah No, I've done the the um, Longs Duathlon a few times, and that's one of my favorites yeah. of training days before, you know, like a month before a big race. But um, now my interest is peaked, so I might have to uh, hit that up at some point. Did you take the standard keyhole route, or did you go up the North Face? Or what I, did you- I did on that one. I took the keyhole. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. The North Face is a nice route, though. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorites. It's it's sporty, right? You get to do a little bit of scrambling. It's, uh, it's pretty fun. Um, does your wife support you on a lot of, a lot of this stuff? Um, does she come out to race? She has, she's, she's always, you know, definitely always from a, a emotional standpoint, you know, she's, she's always checking things off for me and, and she's helped me at a ton of races and and stuff too. Some things I decide I just want to go out and do on my own. Yeah. Um, but she's always there, nice. um, hounding me, uh, you know, making sure I have, you know, certain things. And I had, I've had a couple of ventures that, you know, have kind of, um, been scary for her. So I always, I, I, I was climbing during the winter up, um, Mount Lindsay and, and had a, a bad accident where I had a boulder come off a cliff broke Oof. and it struck me on the side of my leg kind of tore my, my thigh open and, um, had a little hairline fractures in my, my pelvis, but, um, I couldn't walk. Right. Um, so, and I was out there in the winter. Um, so by yourself, I tied my ice axes together and I basically kind of crawled for nine hours, oh. um, back to the, um, back to the car, but I made it back just fine it's a little dicey um and then i end up i was in crutches for a few months from that but um, i end up recovering from that but 
Um, the reason I brought that up is is now she makes me carry a spot everywhere I go or right. in reach. Yeah. <laughs> she wants to know where I'm at after that. But yeah. um, well, that's a smart move, you know, carrying one of those things just in case. Um, yeah, it, it really is when you're doing um when you're doing things on your own. I mean, you don't you don't have to go far off trail before nobody's gonna find you if yeah something bad happens. So yeah. Refresh my memory. Is Lindsay out by, um, uh, there's a few other peaks out there, right? That is that in the, uh, yeah. Sangre de yeah. Cristo? Yeah, it is in the Sangre de Cristo and, and there's little bear and little and, bear. Yeah. Um, yeah. And okay. Waterhorn and, that's right. Um, Waterhorn. No, it's a, it's an, and I'm trying to think of the other one's name next to a little bear, but yeah, it's in that, in that group. Okay. Down South. Well, so that must've been quite the <laughs> crawl out of there because uh, yeah. that's uh, a really gnarly road that most cars can't get up to. So I'm guessing that must've been miles and miles of, of crawling or limping. Yeah. It was only, I was, I was on, it was during the winter and I was doing this kind of mixed ice rock route and, um, it was only about five miles to my car. Um, but you know, crawling is not very fast. Again, it took me about nine hours. Were you to, literally to crawl crawling? there? Yeah. I mean, oh, I would try to dude. get up and I would take a couple steps and then I'd fall down, oh. you know, in, in pain. I mean, I really couldn't bear any weight and I was trying to bear weight on my ice axes and, and try to keep going. So it was, it was kind of a, a a limp fall crawl um nine hours you know and i didn't know how i i mean i i'd wrap my leg up um so i stopped the bleeding and 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 stuff but i i didn't know how bad you know honestly i mean on that one i i, I wasn't 100 percent sure i was gonna make it but um yeah. but i knew that you know i think that's where where that ultra running really comes in handy because i knew that like I needed to make constant board progress that that just lying there wasn't an option. Mm -hmm. And it was just far too cold out to I, I, I had a sleeping bag because those kind of ventures I always bring enough to like try to survive the night. But but, you know, it, it would have been dicey. Um, so. Um, so, yeah, that that kind of constant board motion, just knowing, OK, as long as I'm, you know, getting a foot closer, I'm I'm that much closer. And. I was able to, yeah, get in my car and then drive myself into the ER. Yikes. So. Was that a pretty scary moment? It, I mean, you said you, you weren't sure if you were going to make it. I mean, it's wintertime yeah, out there crawling through. The, <laughs> it sounds horrible. <laughs> I do these, I've done these old survival lectures with different groups because um, it's, it's kind of a, it's an interest of mine. I've spent a lot of time um, doing things in the outdoors. So, um, you know, I, I, at that time, yeah, it's, it's a little scary, but try to focus on, you know, keeping things calm, you know, looking around at, at what resources I have and, and mostly, you know, I mean, a lot of people just die by panicking mm -hmm. and doing stupid things and, and, you know, getting frustrated and just focusing on what my goals were, you know, what my resources are and just fixating, you know, on that goal, you know making some realistic plans. So, yeah. um, it, it worked out pretty good. I, I try to I've been in a few situations like that. Um, 
actually in this talk, I have about 10 examples that I use of kind of bad situations that I, I've been in mm. over the years. And um, uh, each one really it does get down to just staying calm and, and, and sorting out what your, your best next move is. Yeah. 10 examples. I mean, that's uh, quite, quite a few examples there, Paul. Like I've, I've definitely had a few moments where I'm like, okay, this could be it. Like I'm either going to be sleeping out here or I got to figure something out or else I got, I got to move fast or, you know, whatever the case is. But, um, wow. 10 of them. I, I think I've had three or four, like pretty, pretty scary gut checks, but, um, was, was that your, your scariest one coming off of Lindsay? Um, it, it was one of them. I mean, I, I, I was out of water for three days in a dry climate that I wasn't sure I was going to get Whoa, out of three um, days. once. Yeah. Um, that? that was pretty scary. That was in, in, in big basin in California. And there was a drought going on at the time. And, and I was kind of young and stupid and I kind of got myself deep into there. And, um, all the water sources that I had planned out were not there. They were dry. And um, so um, I eventually managed to find a road and, <laughs> and get out of there um, to an ultra runner. Now, when I look back at it, it's like it wasn't that far, but, <laughs> you know, I, I think it was probably like 30 miles from anything, but um, it, it took a while. Did you run um, back then? Um, no. No, it's more like hiking. And more stuff. hiking, yeah. Young kid, yeah, yeah. Um, I had some adventures in Alaska kayaking where I had to swim across some cold water. You know that I'm where it got separated from kayak and stuff. That that was was pretty dicey. If mm. I didn't make it, just just yeah, some general scary things. But. Wow. <laughs> Unreal. Just enough reminders how quickly things can change. Yeah. Um, if, if any of us that have been out there uh, a, a while um, knows, and and fortunately, I'm a little 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 smarter now with yeah. things yeah. Uh, overall. But you know, just reading about this horrific um, ultra race in China, mm -hmm. you know, over over the last um, week. Um, where they said 21 people may have died. You know, I, I that's always been my, you know, it's a big part of my talk. It's always been what I'm really concerned about is exposure. Mm -hmm. You know, exposure is just one of the most dangerous things. People get out in the winter here and, um, oh, I'm just going to go on a 10 mile run, which is nothing for an ultra runner and a storm blows in. They don't know where they're at. It's just, it's, it's just an easy way to die. So, um, it's something we're careful about. Yeah. Um, so what kind of tips do you give people? Carry a spot or an in reach? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually one of them. Yeah. Um, you know, essentially my talk goes around. I, I don't know if you've heard of the 10 essentials. Um, um, I don't know. What uh, I, have. I mean, I'm so sure it's kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of the boy scout thing and the yeah. national park will, will, will publish it. It's in a lot of like basic hiker manuals you know it's the 10 essentials that you should bring it's like like fire and a map and food and and stuff and i i kind of go through those and show how they're they're really mostly useless most of them <laughs> and and the kind of important things to bring and 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 really 
you know, the number one thing, you know, to bring when you're out and doing things as knowledge yeah. is, is understanding your environment, understanding what your limits are, understanding what the basis, basic things are um, to survive. Because it, it really, the, the thing I, I never liked about that 10 essentials is that it gives you some idea that the things you bring are going to save you. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's, it's you, it's how smart you are. That's true. And, um, and then one of the more important things is just staying calm mm -hmm. and, you know, using your resources. So, so that's, a, it, it, it's just a different take on, on that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you prefer um, running ultra marathon races or getting out on sort of solo expeditions? I, I prefer getting out uh, on my own, yeah. um, but I but I really appreciate the 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 whole environment of races and and being out there with friends and um, competing and kind of seeing you know how you can do against others. So you know I do I do races every year. It's kind of, it's, it's a good way to kind of measure measure myself, I guess, mm -hmm. and, um, to have that social aspect of it, but, um, really, um, getting out on my own yeah. on, on, on adventures that I've kind of um, thought of, uh, is, is, is a lot more my passion. Yeah. What are some of your big adventures that when looking back, you're, you know, pretty proud of? Yeah, gosh, well, I've done a lot. I, I've made about 20 trips to Alaska. Oh. And done a lot of um, kayaking out there, um, backpacking uh, stuff. I've done, we've done a lot of um, pretty high level kayaking around the world where we've chartered a plane and gone into places. We've kayaked um, like open ocean kayaking down oh. from like Belize down to Honduras. And, no kidding. And, um, we've done, done like a couple hundred mile route uh, just uh, east of Cuba um, along the Exumas and, and, and that. So th those are, are a lot of fun, wow. a lot of long distance hiking and backpacking. I've done a lot of the, the, uh, trails, John Muir trail. And I, I have, I haven't actually done like the Appalachian and the Pacific crest, like in its entirety, but I've done many sections of them. And, um, yeah, so, um, and, and some biking adventures, I, bike the Colorado trail and that sort of oh, thing. So. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, what do you do when you're not outside on all these adventures? You meant, I think you mentioned you still have a full-time job, but, uh, yeah. you know, what are some other hobbies or interests of yours? Yeah. So I, so I, I do work as an emergency room nurse, which is great. So I, I love it. Um, my wife and I travel a lot. We spent about a hundred nights a year, in our van oh, cool. and um, just going around and, and adventuring to different places, kind of boondocking mm -hmm. um, out. Um, so we'll do a lot of hiking and biking and that sort of, of things. Um, but we like to spend time in the van. Then we usually try to get out of the country a couple of times a year on, on some sort of adventure. And um, of course not happening in the last couple of years, but yeah. with COVID, yeah. but, but otherwise, yeah, we, we like to travel and, um, oh, just, just living the dream in Boulder Yeah, and, um, and, and getting out, out there mostly. So Sounds like yeah, most of our, most of our activities are, are around, um, 
you know, outdoor. Got it. Yeah. You know, adventures. So for sure. Yeah. Um, working in an emergency room, I'm guessing, uh, you've got a lot of stories there too. I'm sure you've seen a lot of gnarly stuff. Oh yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a good place to one, you know, kind of get experience with, with, uh, emergencies, you know, mm-hmm. in the outdoors. And, um, it's a good place to appreciate what you have because you see a lot of people with very unfortunate, you know, conditions and situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't, it's hardly a day. I don't go from work and, and grateful, really? um, that I'm not that guy that got cancer or, or, you know, this person that had a heart attack or, um, you know, for over the last year, you know, somebody that just walks in and they're dead from COVID, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty soon. So, yeah. Um, is that your biggest takeaway from working that job is just being thankful for your own health? I, it really is. I mean, yeah. it, 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 being grateful for, for what I have, um, it is though, tremendously satisfying to to be able to help people mm-hmm. uh, in need and and uh, mean that in the most honest way um i really enjoy you know, when people are in a situation and, and you're there to 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 help them it's a, it's a very satisfying um career in that sense mm, yeah yeah. When it, when it, when it all boils down, that's what it's all about is just like service to others. Right. That's what is satisfying. It seems to me yeah. when you take everything else away, just being able to help other people is, is what brings real genuine satisfaction. It's great to be able to do that and, and get paid for it. Yeah. At the same time is, is, is a great, great combination. I have no regrets. Yeah, I'll probably sure. do it for maybe five more years because we got a lot of big plans. Nice. But um, but I've had a I've been very happy with that career. Cool. Well, Paul, you're about twelve ish years older than me, I think, and I mean, you're you look like a healthy guy. So, like, if I want to if I want to be Paul when I'm fifty eight years old, like, what do <laughs> I do? I mean, do you eat healthy, and how else do you take care of yourself? Yeah, I think um. Uh, so the keys to longevity, who knows? I got part, partly lucky. I probably, probably got some decent genes, but, um, <laughs> I, um, you know, I, I think, um, I, I, I don't spend a lot of time worrying about anything, uh, too much when it comes to my diet or my exercise or what I'm doing. I, I try to just, you know, be relaxed about it. I try to eat well, mm-hmm. but I don't fixate on it. If I want, you know, if I want that dessert or whatever, or that other beer, mm-hmm. um, I do it. Yeah. And, um, and same way with, with, you know, just getting out, just really, yeah. What's, what's great about ultra running and, and, um, our, our, our Rocky mountain runners are, our, um, group motto is that this isn't training, this is living. Mm-hmm. And, um, what's really great when you really love something and, and you love getting out in the environment and stuff, it, it doesn't feel like training, you know, you just, you just get out and enjoy yourself. And I think when you, for anybody who can, can find that sort of exercise in, in their life, that, that it's just a joy to them, 
that you're going to have a good long life, that you're mm. going to be healthy. Yeah. Um, and then I just, yeah, I try not to have too many bad habits. And, yeah. And yeah. All that. But, but I think attitude is a big part of it. Yeah. You know, just it staying really happy is. and, yeah. you know, taking care of yourself. I, I look at that on, on long runs too. Um, it's, it's when I, when I'm doing something difficult, like, like, like the rim to rim to rim five times, I, I, I focus, try to focus on three elements. One is, is, is trying to get as fit as I can before. Um, but I feel like fitness is only like a third of it, where if you talk to most people that, that don't do these things, they probably in their head, you know, it's 90% fitness. Um, but I, yeah, you need to be fit to do it, but I think it's only about a third. I think the other third is, 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 is your head is your psychology going into it? You know, what's your emotional state? You know, how are you um, processing what's happening? You know, are you keeping a positive attitude? Are you, you know, remembering how fortunate you are to be the kind of person that can do this kind of thing? Um, and then the other third is, is the same sort of thing is, t- is taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, are you doing the right things to take care of yourself? Are you eating right? Are you drinking right? Are you taking care of those foot problems early? Are you, you know, doing all the paying attention to your body? and 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 yourself because you see so many people who are very fit and they might even have the most best mental state but they get into a race and they get so excited they forget to eat drink or take care of themselves and and they don't do well yeah yeah for sure um did you ramp up your training before this uh grand canyon adventure like is it something you had your your eyes on for quite a while and you wanted to go out and set this fkt or how were you looking at this thing i i decided to do it about six months ago okay and um i had um i i had applied with a fantastic group of people for um team for for the the eco challenge patagonia and um we were it was a team of uh doctors and nurses that were frontline um healthcare workers and um uh, just really strong athletes and uh so we felt like we had a really good chance to get in and um because of covid and all that and i guess there was some sort of uh, who knows contract dispute or something it was uh, it was potentially going to it's gotten put off for now so we don't know where it's at but but i had that mindset we we had applied to it i had that mindset that i was going to do that so i i as that we found that that was getting canceled i i wanted to, to get out and um do an adventure where i where i could sleep deprive myself for a while and um, have to, you know, kind of force myself to keep going. Um, and so I was, I was just looking at different, different things for that. And this, this kind of came up and I thought, well, this fits the bill. Um, so, so I kind of changed my training from running um, to doing a lot more. Um, there was 58,000 feet involved in, in finishing this. And so, um, and it a lot of kind of step ups you know, a lot of, it's very steppy, mm-hmm. um, climbing. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little bit different than, you know, those graded, um, trails. 
Um, and so, um, so I, I kind of changed my, my train to do more walking, more fast walking, you know, kind of trotting and then a lot of climbing. I, I did, um, I did like a, a Everesting on my treadmill. I did, mm. did 30,000 feet on the treadmill one on day in like 14 hours and wow. yeah, and that sort of stuff during, you know, a, a bad day. So, um, <laughs> so just getting out there trying to do a lot of, a lot of vert and, um, and, and some long days out, you know, so to be more specific for this because this is not the kind of thing when you look at at these long records the john muir trail or or anything that's you know over 200 miles um it, it involves a lot of walking you know <laughs> as much as we like to talk about running right. you know the people that people that win it i mean people that have set records on so many trails have walked 90 percent of it you know yep yep um so, before this, what was the furthest distance you had done? I mean, I know you've got a few hundred milers under your belt. Had you ever done a 200 miler? Not, not like as a race, um, but I have, I, I went out and did several things where I've gone out and, and done that distance, but at like a 50 mile a day rate. Okay. Um, so, so not as like a 200 mile race. I hadn't done a 200 mile race, but like you know, I did like the, the Tahoe Rim Trail. We did a 200 mile version of that okay. and really did it. Uh, my intention there was to do it within the race um, times. Uh-huh. But, you know, looking at it, we, we, we go as fast as we could for the 50 miles. And then, then we'd slip into a town. I had it all mapped out, get a hotel, get a beer, mm-hmm. pizza, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd have like six, maybe eight hours. And then, um, and, and get some rest and then go out and, and hit the next day, okay. you know, hard. Yeah. Um, but, um, a lot of ventures, I mean, last year, year before last went up, um, did the wonderland trail yep. in kind of one shot. And that oh. was like 33 hours, but, um, but yeah, mostly the, the long, longer distance stuff I've done. I've, I've, I've worked in sleep breaks into that. I think, um, you know, it's, it's, it, there becomes a, a point where you have diminishing benefits trying to run through these things. You know, I mean, uh, some people are able to run 200 miles. If you aren't super fast, um, by the time you're up for, you know, over 48 hours, um, you're, you're potentially going to be going so slow or have such, you know, diminished benefits from keeping moving that you're better off trying to get a little nap. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And and that's kind of how I approach this Grand Canyon thing. I, I, I just, I looked at it more like, you know, I'm going to just evenly pace myself through this thing. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to try to get a little rest every day and, you know, a little break. Mm -hmm. And instead of just trying to push through the, the first hundred miles and then just turn into a wreck and then, mm. then end up having to, you know, stumble through the rest and, and take more time. So yeah, it worked out for me. Do you feel like that was the smart way to go for you? I mean, do you feel like you, you could have gone faster if maybe you skipped one of those sleep breaks and pushed on a little bit further? Yeah. I think, um, I think I could definitely do it faster. 
I wanted to be more miserable. <laughs> um, I felt, I felt, you know, I'd say, I, I think probably when you look at the, the, the stories of the fellows that did the, the three time crossing and the four time crossing, I, I think they, they actually dealt with a, a, a greater degree of misery. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, Christophe Tuchore did the, the four time, had a, had an amazing time okay. uh, on that. Um, so I, I think I think I could have pushed farther. It was hard. I pushed myself as much as I wanted to at that time. Yeah, yeah. If um if I had some need to to really have to go faster, you know, this is it's it's certainly beatable. Yeah. Well, you know, this stuff is all arbitrary anyways, like, yeah, (laughs) there's no point to any of it. We're just setting goals for ourselves (laughs) and going out to challenge. Exactly. So exactly. And there were, there were plenty of times. I mean, I was out there to 16, 18 hours a day, you know, for five days. It was, it was was painful enough. For sure. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so did you have, uh, um, like a two different cars set up on each rim? Or did you just have the, your van at at the one spot, or how did you approach this? Yeah, so I just had my van on the north rim. Okay. And um, I set this up because you know the classic route is 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 doing the 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 South Kaibab Trail. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the sh- it's shorter than the Bright Angel, you know. Right. So so all the FKTs are are set on that, you know. And there's no parking on the south rim there anymore there hasn't been for the last few years Hmm. um so to have like a home base i I wanted to really do this on my own uh, without any help but Hmm. to have a home base on the south rim mean you'd have to take a bus over to a campground or or whatnot so so i so i positioned myself on the north rim which is about a mile um from the trailhead a little less than a mile from the trailhead um, which would work out fine um, okay. So I take off from that, um, do the whole rim to rim to rim, just get up on the south rim, tag it, get some water, mm-hmm. and head back down. And um, and then um, when I got back to the van, I'd I'd refresh myself, change clothes, clean up, um, eat a quick meal, and um, sleep for a few hours. Okay. On average, how much were you sleeping? On average, I got about three hours. Um, I'd, I'd push for four, but I wouldn't always be able to, to get, you know, to sleep or, or I was working on something else, just <laughs> some issue I had, you know. But um, so on, on average, about three, maybe three and a half. Okay. Uh, say three to four. Okay. Um, which was great. Um, it was enough. And, and that was another thing. I was just kind of kind of testing that level of sleep for that many days, you know, what, what my mental state would be. And then it turned out that, that, you know, I, I'm, I'm a kind of person who enjoys the full night's sleep, (laughs) um, but, but it turns out it it was enough to, to uh, keep me um, focused and um, not, you know, psychologically down and um, keep me from being overly sleepy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I did all my, um, I, I left at night, usually around eight to 10 PM, oh, uh, nice. at night. Okay. And okay. yeah, so I did most of my running at night, which was important. It was, um, it, it was, it, it was getting pretty hot down okay. in the Canyon. This is not the best time 
mm-hmm. to do this kind of thing, you know, late May, but it was actually, I did it because it's the first time the campground opened up and I just snagged a spot, mm-hmm. you know, right away. Um, so that, that was the time I had, I knew it would be a bit hot. Um, but so I'd leave at night and it, it ended up working out great. Cause I would, um, I end up tagging the South rim by as the sun was coming up and okay. then it was just a quick, quick run down to, um, back down to Phantom. Yep. And then, um, and then it start getting hot pretty quick there. And I had some, some hot walks up to, to Cottonwood, which is like halfway up you know, the North Rim. Mm-hmm. Um, but I only had to endure some heat then. It was probably the hottest day. It was like 110 in the box, they said. And, um, uh, but generally it'd be around 100 and below. And it was actually, I mean, the temperature extremes were pretty impressive. The ranger told me on one night that I left that, that they had measured 17 degrees in a field on the North Rim. Wow. So, I mean, it's, yeah, you're talking about a huge, so, so it, it's this constant, you know, I, I, I brought a lot of warm clothes and, and like bigger mittens and like a down jacket and stuff. Cause I need it, you know, when I took off, plus if you get, you know, if, if something happens and you're stuck out there at night and you're high up, you, you, you know, you don't want to get, you know, have exposure. So, so I brought enough to be safe. You know, okay. so I could get through a night, but um, but you're peeling all that stuff off, mm-hmm. and, and you know, hot as hell by the by the middle of the day, and totally. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, were all the water sources turned on down in the canyon? They they were. So the water is is easy there now. I mean, um, I mean it's been like that for a while. So I've done about a dozen render render rims before okay. I, I did this okay uh, over the last uh, i guess 30 um but yeah water is never and if you're if you're moving pretty quick it, it's easy so i was able to do the whole thing with two bottles and mm. mostly just a ham bottle mm. so because i mean you've got water the biggest stretches that you don't have water are like seven miles mm-hmm. and um now they had they didn't used to have a um water source on the south rim right there right at the trailhead so they they've got that now that uh, that that really um that really helped with my plans because without water there it would have been complicated yeah uh, but i yeah. had to bring a, a lot more yeah for so, sure. so yeah water was easy okay. um you just got to make sure you you fill up and and i put one in my stomach and and take off okay. i i really i i I didn't stop much at all. I, I, I just kind of blow in and fill up my bottle and drink one and, and fill it up again and, and take off. Um, I didn't really break um, any time during the day, except on my way back through Phantom. I'd come back through and I'd, I'd, I'd get one of their lemonades. Oh, nice. <laughs> and, okay, I was going to ask I'd you. And I'd, go, and I'd go through a couple of those and um, it worked out. It was just my regular schedule. So I'd sit down for, for five, 10 minutes, regroup and, and, and keep moving. Was there a lot of people down at Phantom Ranch this time of year? Yeah, it got, you know, it, it was, it was actually pretty good till the weekend hit and Friday and particularly Saturday yeah. was just insane I've, I've <laughs> never seen it like that on saturday and i would suggest any uh 
rim to rim to rim runners um, who are thinking about going down, don't even consider going down on a Saturday. You know, you're going to be, you're going to be in a conga line trying to pass people. Um, it, it's, it's just far too busy to, to enjoy it. It's just not worth it. You know, take a day off or whatever, you know, figure it out. But Sunday's a lot better, um, but Friday's pretty bad too. Okay. Um, but they, yeah, there were, I, I, I was just blown away. I think on the busiest it was when I went from Phantom to the North Rim one day, I bet I passed as much as 300 people. Whoa. It's that bad. No yeah. kidding. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and people coming down, it's not the, uh, a lot of, you know, hikers with their poles and stuff. And I, and I, 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 it looked like they didn't, it may have been the first time they used them yep. for, for a lot of them. They're sure. going down to Phantom. So they have this real wide track where they put their poles out to the side and, and like you can't get around them, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's just, if, yeah, if you're running, it's just no fun. Yeah. So if you don't get stabbed, which, you know, that slows you down some too. If you're, if you're aiming for a quick time, you know, that's going to slow you down a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, they were, they were coming the other way that day I was coming down cause I start early. So um, it worked out a little bit, but, um, yeah, you, you definitely pass all the hikers. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So there's a lot of passing going on and some of it's kind of tight on that trail, you know, that mm -hmm. half of it is, you, you don't want to take a step off, off of it. Cause you know, you're probably not going to live right. <laughs> you know, on half of it. Yeah. 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 Um, were you like taking pictures or anything while you were out there or were you just on a mission and just charging? You know, I always, I don't know if other people do this, but yeah, I always have this idea. Like I, I had these great books on tape and some mm. music and I'm mm -hmm. just going to enjoy myself. Mm -hmm. And then I, I always do this in a race. I always prepare for it, but then I just somehow I'm like fixated on the race and I can't pull any of that out or I don't have the energy or the, just the psychological will to sit and listen to anything. And this, I, I thought for sure I would do it on this, but I, I really this whole time i think i i listened to an hour of music on one <laughs> climb i mean the whole time i was just in my own head yeah. and thinking about you know what am i going to eat next when do i need to drink what do i you know how my feet feel you know what's coming up you know can i do this you know it's, it's a lot of little psychological things that go on too and this sort of thing because you're you're coming back to the start every time mm -hmm. and it's very easy to just quit mm -hmm. and when you go across if you've done and the other guys that have done multiple crossings say the same thing i mean it's it, it, it's not like when you finish your first one if, if you think about when you've done rim to rim to rim if you like consider turning around and doing it again it's not too exciting prospect for most people. <laughs> no, and, and, no, no. and so, I mean, like, it's not like I wasn't pretty beat after the first, you know, rim to rim to rim, oh, yeah. you know, and it's, it's more just trying to fool yourself into thinking it's not that bad and you can just head down and, you know, to Phantom and do it again, you know, oh, it'll be downhill from here. You'll be okay. You know, and, <laughs> and just trying to do that day after day. Um, it was, 
a little easier as it went on, but those first couple laps were like, seriously, why am I doing this? This is, this is idiotic, <laughs> you know? For sure. No, I've done the rim to rim to rim just a couple times, but uh, yeah, I've, I've never really, you know, thought about going back and doing it again. Now, are you the first person to ever do this five times? Yeah. As far as, you know, that we know of times that, that anyone knows of. Okay. Yeah. 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 So somebody had done it four times and you're the first one to do it five. Right. No kidding. Um, So, yeah, somebody else will come along, you know, and and probably do it 10 times. Who knows? But, um, (laughs) uh, you know, it's nice to put that place marker in. Absolutely. Especially at, you know, at my age, you know, I'm 58 and, and, um, you know, it's, it's kind of adventures you can have are, you know, I'm limited and what I'm going to be doing, you mm-hmm. know, before too long. So I want to get things in, you know, yeah. and, and do what I can do now. And so, you know, it feels good to be able to, to do this sort of thing at my age. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Now, how did this idea come to you? You said you'd done the rim to rim to rim, you know, like a dozen times before had this been brewing in your head for quite a while, or were you just stumbling around on the FKT site and, and thought, man, I can one up this or. Yeah. Yeah. I had you know, p- part of all that, you know, but I was also looking for a, a, a long adventure that I could support myself on um, that, you know, so I was kind of looking at things that where I could, I could get out and do a hard day and, and make it back to my van. Okay. And um, in case I, you know, had some problems mm-hmm. um, in case I need to, have wardrobe changes or, you know, um, just, just anything. And then, then just, just recoup a little bit and, and, and go out and do it again. So, um, I was, I was looking for more of that, that sort of thing rather than, you know, just a, a one long trail thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It fits where, the where I carried everything, which, which I, I enjoy those, those events too, but, yeah. um, this seemed to fit the bill for all that. So yeah. it was stupid and, enough, you know, <laughs> but yeah. there's a certain amount of comfort involved with, uh, you know, I can get back to my van the night and at least sleep for a few hours, cook a quick meal and, uh, then go back out. That's exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so that, that, you know, that definitely gave me a little bit of a goal every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it wasn't just this constant misery that I was, was going to, you know, walk as far as I could and then just throw my stuff down on the side of the trail and try to nap for an hour and move on. You know, I, I knew I could, you know, change into something fresh and, and, you know, mm-hmm. um, feel a little bit better uh, yeah. about the day. But of course that also, you know, makes it more difficult because, <laughs> You're, you're, you're feeling, I'm feeling awfully good lying in the van, you know, after a, a, a full, you know, meal of spaghetti and, yeah. and stuff. And <laughs> it's, it's harder to get out and do it again. You know? Yeah. Um, were there any moments of doubt or moments where you were like, okay, this is stupid. Like three times is more than enough. I'm, I'm just going to call it a day. Yeah, there was, there was a lot of that, you know, um, <laughs> It, you know, even it, mostly again at, at the, at the beginning, the first, first couple laps, you know, it's just like stupid. Oh, I could do this, but why, you know, bother through this? You know, I think there's, there's a lot of that you go through. I think part of it, um, 
a lot of people do these things and and don't tell anybody you know True. and and because you know uh, for different reasons maybe they just don't care if anyone knows maybe they they don't want that kind of stress or they don't want um you know perceived embarrassment or something if they if they don't complete it you know um this sort of thing i guess the the rim to rim to rim they on the fkt sites one of the trails that they want you to announce ahead of time and put your tracker up and whatnot you know so i was kind of destined to have to let people know so mm. i let everybody know and doing that did actually i think help in the sense that you know i try not to let my ego get too much of me but there is that thing where like wow you know you announce this big thing and then you're gonna you know come back as this like idiot who did one lap you know right and whatnot so so there's a little bit of that in the back of your head like you know you at least deserve or you at least um you know people deserve you to at least suffer a bit so <laughs> so you're gonna have to go out and do it again and and then by the time you know get a few laps you're like oh wait i'm only one more lap from my victory lap i can do this uh -huh. Uh -huh. so aside from the fkt website did you come out on like facebook and sort of announce this thing beforehand i did okay i i, I let people you oh, know that, that was pretty much the extent of it you know the fkt site and you know my whatever yeah but the pressure's on yeah. then then Quote people are watching on facebook and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I've got a lot of uh, the Rocky Mountain runners, you know, we have a couple hundred of just awesome people that, yeah. um, you know, are super supportive. Yep. And um, it, it's, it's great when you let them know you're doing something, you're, 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 you are putting it out there. So <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to remember, is there much phone service in the Canyon? So um, there's there's really none in the canyon. Okay. Um, there is a bit of service on the rim. Okay. So you can calls um, and message. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I was just able to message, but if on, on the rims, I was able to do that in, okay. in certain spots, but um, nothing in the canyon. Nothing in the canyon. And were you able yeah. to check in with people? At least not for me. From your van, did you have reception where you could check in with people? Um, I had, I was able to get an occasional um, uh, message through. Okay. So I was able to do the messages, but most of the, you know, I messaged my wife and, and a friend mm -hmm. to um, uh, mostly when I was, I was hitting the rims. Yeah. Closer to the rims where you, where you got the best, best signal. Yeah. For yeah sure. So the campground, a little bit of messaging, but okay. yeah, not much. And I, I really didn't. I wasn't, I wasn't feeling too social. So <laughs> I really didn't spend much time. You know, I kind of had everything mapped out, even though I, you know, I took a piece of breaks. I am, it, it was very uh, regimented, you know, it's like, okay, you're going to shovel this food down. You're going to wash this off, you're going to change this, you're going to, you know, crawl into bed, yep. you know, yep. and, and do this real quick. So I could, you know, minimize my time as much as possible yeah, and, yeah. and still get the most out of it. You know, what's nice about, taking the 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 few hour sleep break in between is is um which i think is a is a huge advantage too on something long um is that that i could eat a real meal when i got in and and have it digested you mm -hmm. know while i was resting and which is 
you know, hard to do if, if, if you're moving all day, you know, it's, it's, it's just hard to, to get real food down for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Some people do fine with it. So, so that was a chance, you know, a little break for my, my stomach to, to, you know, take it in. And, um, it worked out good because then I wasn't surviving on, you know, trail food, which gets old really quick, you know, goose yeah. and back towards the end, I, I was like, I, you know, I started with a lot of just like trail mix and gummy bears and, you know, um, goose and things, you know, that, that are easily digestible. But towards the end, it was like, I was just craving, you know, salami and cheeses and, you know, breads and things, you know, real food. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, that was great. Um, what day did you start this adventure on? I started it on the, I think it was the 20th at midnight. And what May day of the week 8th. was that? Uh, on a, I think a, a Thursday morning. Thursday morning. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you started at midnight. Yeah. Why? What was, what was, the, <laughs> what was the thought well, my, that? My, my initial plan, I, I planned it out to, um, you know, I wanted to make a, a, I wanted to be survivable, but I also wanted to, 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 to try to lay down a decent time, Yep. you know? Um, so I, I, I wanted to try to lay down a competitive time. So my initial goal was to, to do it in under four days, three days and something. Okay. And, um, my plan just with the, the weather, the way it was going to be, it was going to start at midnight and I was going to ratchet it back four hours every day. So I was going to go then from midnight to eight, then I was going to have a four o'clock leaving and then I was going to leave at noon. And I had worked that out where there was really only it's kind of the last day um, was going to really put me in a, a bad heat situation. Okay. Because uh, you know, if you're doing this 24 hours, eventually you're going to run into, you know, you can't you can't run from the heat all the time. You're going to run across it. Got it. But um, as 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 the laps went, the first lap was oh just a little over. Second lap more so. As the laps went, I was only able to cut back like like four hours total on that 24 hour cycle. Okay. So that just ended up me leaving. Sure. You know, evening. Yeah. Probably the perfect time to leave in that situation is like 4 p.m. because, you know, it'd be like 8 before you got down to to Phantom. And um, so things would be be cooling off. The sun would be down. And then you'd have, you know, the whole night to get up there and back through and halfway up to the rim. Yeah. Yeah. So, but starting the at night mid- was important. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. But starting at midnight, it seems like that's like the end of the day where you're not starting fresh or well-rested or were you able to get a lot of sleep before you started at midnight that night? You know, I didn't do great. Um, I, I usually, you know, like most people for long races, hundred milers and stuff, you know, you like to get a, a good, you know, long sleep in if you can. Um, I didn't do great because the way my schedule was, um, uh, but I got like seven hours, um, which is fine. Okay. Um, the night before, and I, I work nights uh, in the emergency okay. room. Okay. So I'm I'm very comfortable being up at night. Gotcha. Um, and and that helped a lot. Yeah. Um, 
And, and running at night, I mean, the visibility is a little worse. You got to be a little bit more careful, especially with some of those drops off the north rim, you know, mm-hmm. to start with. Um, but there's, there's, I would run into virtually nobody. Mm. And occasionally what I'd see is like some late hikers coming up, throwing up or, or, or crawling <laughs> up the last, you know, couple miles uh-huh. uh, of the North Rim, you know, and I try to encourage them. I stop for a couple of them and try to help them ways I could. But you, you see some of that. Um, but um, other than that, I, I see nobody. It was just me and the animals out at night. A lot of bats. Um, yeah. That's one thing, you know, it's running at night. There's, there's just a, a ton of bats um shooting in front of your face um that gets a little unnerving on occasion um but um it's really really peaceful out there perfect temperature Mm. you know it it would be like you know 40s um generally for a good part of the night and so so yeah that worked that worked out great yeah and mostly you know important thing is you you get up you get up the south kaibab i mean that's really the the killer Mm-hmm. when it, when it comes to heat is is i mean phantom's pretty bad too but but if you're climbing that in the heat of the day um you're you're gonna pay the price yeah for sure um was there people out there well probably rangers more than anything but were you uh stirring up conversation out there did people know what you were doing yeah yeah so you know i started it um thinking, oh, I'll probably kind of run under the radar. And, and, and people, if you've been out there before, there's a lot of conversation like, oh, where'd you come from? Or especially if I'm showing up and it kind of looks like I, I didn't just start uh, or I'm going up the south rim and everyone's coming down. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, this, guy, this guy's doing something weird. Yeah. Um, and yeah, at first I'm like, yeah, I'm just headed up to the south rim or whatever. But after a while, you know, especially the ultra runners would come by and they're like, what are you doing? Why are you out here this late? You know, when you yeah. start, I, I, I started telling them, you know, what I was, what I was up to. And um, that got around fast. <laughs> it's amazing how <laughs> quickly in the canyon, especially when you're there for five days <laughs> and all the people that are, you know, doing multi-day stuff or, or in the canyon and whatnot. So it was a matter of time where I, I ended up being that guy. Okay. And, um, and, and it was really cool though. Um, people were super nice. I mean, um, you know, the ultra runners are always, always really nice. And, and the hikers were, were, were great too. Um, the Rangers were awesome. Mm. They, they knew about me pretty early on. Okay. And, um, there's, there's one ranger in particular Della who, um, has been in the park for like 20 years who just super sweet. And she's like, now, if you get in any trouble, you, you know, my cabin's over at Cottonwood and you knock on the, you knock on the door at night, you know, anything, even if you just want something to eat, you knock on the door at night, you know, I'll be there and and stuff. And I saw her probably eight times or so, Mm -hmm. um, going back and forth and she'd cheer me on. And, and it, it was really, I mean, the park service was, amazing that way you know i i reassured them that 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 i knew what i was doing that i i had the right stuff to you know if i got myself in trouble and that that you know i wasn't going to be their rescue <laughs> and you know was, was going to play it safe and and they were 
again very supportive and 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 no trouble there at all so so that was that that was great and meeting everybody i had a funny story from the the inside the i was going through phantom once and there was a lady i think had gone had backpacked down and was camping for a couple days and she stopped me and she said oh i i keep seeing these guys running through with this green shirt on because i was wearing my club shirt Mm. or mar shirt Mm -hmm. um and I was wondering what you guys are doing, you know, because I see you by yourself. And I'm like, uh, kind of had to break it to her. Yeah, that's just me. <laughs> you know, back and forth. I didn't have any other teammates out there. I had, I actually did go out though. Um, I did have a, a friend uh, that came out, her name's Julia German. And she's an amazing gal. And even though I was doing this unsupported, she, um, she, ran the first lap with me up to the south rim and then did a loop around um back to the bride angel and then back down and then she ended up doing untold amount of miles up on the top running and then she went and did another lap so she did two rim to rim to rims and like i don't know 100 other miles on the top so (laughs) so she's she definitely deserves some credit for that she's an amazing person wow wow um, the trail it, itself is pretty straightforward, but I, like I said, I've only done the rim to rim to rim one time, you know, each time I've been out there. Um, was there any moments where you felt like you were a little bit lost or any moments with like hallucinations or anything like that? Or since you were getting sleep, were you able to kind yeah. of keep your wits about you? Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the trails pretty, yeah, you know, I, I it's pretty hard to get lost on if you've, mm-hmm. you've, you've done it a couple of times. Right. I careful to say that because I don't want to spread some idea that, you, that, that you don't need to know where you're going right. in, in this environment because somehow it happens every year. Every People year. Yeah. Get off the trail and they die. Yeah. You know, so um, yeah, I know where you're going, but, but um, yeah, navigation's not, not much of an issue um, there. Um, so didn't, didn't get off trail hallucinations almost always do in these sort of things and i did have my my common hallucination is that i I see shadows and things at night and i turn them into animals or Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. you know and and once your head thinks it's your brain thinks it's it's looking at something you know it's made up its mind it's something it's kind of gets kind of freaky you know Mm -hmm. and there'll be you know rhinoceroses and giraffes and stuff and then for like one time i'm going up the side and on the side of the cliff is this large gentleman probably like 400 pounds and he's hanging on the side of the cliff with his pants down like peeing on on the wall like but he's on the wall and i'm looking at him and i'm like going Jesus Christ, like, what, what is this guy doing? You know, what's he, you know, and rescuing stuff. And I'm watching him and I'm watching him for like a minute. And, and there's his ass hanging out there on the wall and stuff. And, and then all of a sudden I get a little closer and I'm like, start thinking, no, this isn't possible, you know, Paul. And I start looking a little closer, closer. And of course, it's just a bunch of rocks, yeah. you know, on the wall that, that but man when you see those things they're so real in your head uh-huh. um that <laughs> it's, 
it's hard to convince you it's something else. <laughs> oh, the mind plays some funny tricks when you get tired, man. I've, I've seen all kinds of stuff out there. So, yeah, fortunately, it's not, it wasn't one of those things where I was thinking there was a trail where there was a cliff because, right. you know, as much as it, it's a wide trail and it's a good trail, but when you, when you really comes down to it, about half the trail, if you step off it, you know, you're going to die. Mm -hmm. You know, you, 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 as, as much as it's, you know, a perfect trail and not really scary, it's, it's, you know, to most, most runners, you, you, you don't want to venture off of it. You know, you don't want to be stumbling down that thing. For sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, how did you celebrate when you finished this thing? Five laps, 226 miles. You're out there for four days and change. That's a long time, man. Yeah, 58,000 yeah. feet. Um, did you just pass out? Did you celebrate? <laughs> How did it go yeah. at the end? I mean, you, you know, when you do these kind of things, I know you've done a lot of this, this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, to start with just stopping is like, immensely <laughs> satisfying. It feels yeah. like a celebration by itself. But, um, <laughs> but um, I went out on the rim with Julia and had a couple beers and, nice. and ate dinner and, and just, um, let it all sink in and and um it was it was just great great stopping yeah. <laughs> and so yeah that was that was my celebration and got a good night's sleep and good headed back to boulder the next day was it emotional at all or did you leave all your emotions out there like there's been races where sometimes i cross the finish line and i'm a blubbering mess and other times i cross the finish yeah. line and like i have yeah. no tears left because i sweat them all out mm -hmm. for the last however many hours yeah i i the last lap was actually my favorite um okay. it, it was great i had a a super positive attitude. I, I, I felt confident that I was going to do it, especially after I hit the South rim and was just like, you know, very cheerful with, with everybody. So when I got back, it was kind of like, again, it kind of felt like a victory lap, mm -hmm. even though, you know, it would technically be my worst lap, but on the second and third lap, I, I, I had periods where, where I was just, really going through that struggle with what I got myself into <laughs> and the fact that my ego didn't want me to, to, to stop. And mm. so, you know, I had a couple emotional moments and, you know, get a, get a grip on it, but I, I'd gotten those past, past me more in the middle, you know, as, as, as you can start seeing the end, you know, it's just like on any hundred miler or whatever, you know, if you get that last aid station, it's like, uh, it, you know, you start feeling good yeah. for the most part, but yeah. 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 So, so I just felt great when I was done, nothing emotional, but yeah. I definitely had those moments in the middle. Wow. So cool, Paul. Um, got anything else on the calendar this year? Yeah. I'm, I'm actually, I, I, cause I, I signed up for this slow, you know, walk. <laughs> which I just finished. Um, I decided I, I need to like work on my speed. So I've got, um, uh. I've actually got four marathons. Uh. I'm running two of them trail, two of them road, one of them's Boston. Um, and so I'm going to try to pick up the speed. Oh, nice. So yeah, okay. it's easy. I, I know a lot of, a lot of older guys, my age just start kind of going slower and slower. And I'm trying to, 
trying to avoid that. So um, I'm not I'm not scared to lose it. So I can go through like long periods where I don't go fast, but I'm gonna start picking up the speed. And then um, just got a lot of um, adventures. We've got about these 80 days in the van plan this summer, and mm. and um, it's there's just gonna be a lot of lot of uh, running and exploring. So it's it's gonna be a good year post. COVID, I think for, for, for everyone. Yeah. So looking yeah. forward to that. Big time. How has your recovery been? Um, were you, uh, damn near crippled for a couple of days or how did it go? I was kind of probably good. The laps ended when they did. Cause, um, after, after I sat for a bit, um, I got some pretty significant swelling in my feet mm. they just kind of ballooned up. Yep. Um, and, uh, it was a little awkward, but um, that that all went away. I was retaining a lot of water. I probably peed off a twenty pounds of water um, <laughs> over the last, you know, a few days. Mm-hmm. Um, felt pretty good by yesterday. Like I said, I went out for for that Green Mountain Run, um, and thought, oh, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, I can do this, and and got halfway up that and realized that that uh, yeah, I'm not back yet, <laughs> and. Um, these kind of things, you know, it's for, for me at my age, I don't know how everyone else is, but I'm, I'm, I'm usually not full on for, for an, a good month, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I can, I can run right away, but I'm not going to be back to form yeah. for, for a while. Yeah. Well, yeah. It takes its toll. It really does. And that's a smart way to look at it too. I mean, get out and move the body do some active recovery, but, um, yeah, no need to jump back in and, and kill yourself. It's, it's going to take some time. That was a huge, huge effort. So, and plus just kick, kick your feet up and eat some ice cream and enjoy, man. Just <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, uh, yeah, I don't have any problems with, with, with spoiling myself. So. <laughs> Good. Um, uh, afterwards. So yeah. Thank Thank you for that. Good to hear. Well, Incredible, man. Uh, incredible journey. Congrats. My hat's off to you. It's just um, almost unfathomable to, to me and, and most people. I mean, ultra runners can kind of picture it, I'm sure. Like, okay, yeah, super, super hard, four or five days. But most people probably look at that like impossible, impossible. You know, most people can't hardly walk down to Phantom Ranch and back in a day. So, yeah. yeah. But sometimes um, you got to put yourself out there because everybody can do more than than they think they can and and like i'm sure that's the case with with all the amazing people you've you've interviewed yeah um and like i i say you know i i'm just a regular dude i'm I'm no super athlete and and i'm not young you know so you know you can still get at it and and do something you're still out there doing extraordinary things man so it's it's an inspiration to to me and all kinds of other people so I appreciate the talk, man. It's, it's been fantastic. And, uh, like I said, hats off to you and, and what an inspiration and, and what a cool journey. So, and I don't think you're going to forget it anytime soon, man. You're, you're going to remember this one forever. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I won't. It's, it's great to have that little tiny piece of history in the Canyon. And, and I really appreciate you, Adam, having me on. So oh. it's a, a great podcast. And I got to say, I, I listened to your episode with Logan and and yeah. having known Logan that was um brought some tears to my eyes and yeah. and that was just a, a really touching and a really intimate 
look into to who Logan was, which is just a, a wonderful soul. And, oh, and cool. I really appreciated that. Oh, thanks, man. Did you run with him much? Um, we, I did several runs with him, um, with Rocky mountain runners. Yep. Um, so, yep. um, felt he, he felt like a friend. Yeah. Um, yeah. but, but I'm obviously not as close as you. Yeah. You guys yeah. were like inseparable. For oh yeah. We were buddies there for a years. long time. I couldn't get rid of the guy, but, uh, didn't want to be there, you know, he was, he was, yeah. he was crazy, but he was a good guy. And, uh, yeah, but I appreciate the kind words, man. And, uh, yeah, thanks again, Paul. This has been fantastic and, um, look forward to, uh, seeing what's in your future and, and following along. And, uh, next time you do something, if you decide to go six or 10 times in the grand Canyon, let me know, man, we'll have you back on. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. If I inspired one person, it's, it's, it's all worth it. Oh yeah. And, and, and thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, man. And, uh, have a great night. Stay in touch, okay. man. Okay. We'll see you. We will. Okay. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. Paul, thank you for coming on the show. That was a super inspiring um, conversation. I mean, what a cool guy. Um, and I want to thank you guys, the listener, for hanging in here and uh, listening to this week after week. It means so much. Uh, reach out. Say hi. I love hearing from you guys. Um, whenever I mention this on the show that I love hearing from you guys, I hear from a whole mess of people. So, um, keep me in the game. It, it really helps me. It motivates me, inspires me. So reach out, say hi, tell me if you like the podcast, tell me if you hate the podcast. Uh, I love hearing from you guys. This podcast is brought to you by big things crewing. Are you thinking about your first 5k marathon or ultra marathon? We are here for you. We started this company in 2019 with the goal of helping people achieve their dreams. We offer coaching programs and training plans from beginner to elite, as well as offer crewing and pacing for ultramarathon runners. I love the sport of ultramarathon, and I love seeing people cross the finish line. It, exp it, it excites me, blah, blah, blah. It excites me. If I can be a small part of your story, it would feed my soul. In a big way. We know how to get you to rally and get you into that finish line. We want to help. We want you to do big things. Look us up. Big-things-crewing.com. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to this podcast so that you're notified when a new episode drops. If you like what you hear, please write us a review or share it on social media. I don't see all the reviews, but when I see them, it really warms my heart. Um, help us out, guys. The more, the better. It helps us to be seen among all the other podcasts out there. These conversations are also on YouTube. Head on over there and subscribe as well. Find us on the social media platforms as Big Things Crewing. And as always, our website is big-things-crewing.com. And thank you to our new sponsor, Exoskin, the best running apparel from hats to socks and everything in between. No blisters, no chafing, and no odor. Check them out. Use the discount code BTC, all in caps, for 20% off. We want to thank Athletic Brewing for making this possible. 20% discount code there is McRobertsA20. 
We're hooking you guys up with a discount on the finest non-alcoholic beer around. We also want to thank Will and On Pace Wellness. If you want to dial in your nutrition and do big things this year, look up On Pace Wellness and mention this podcast for a 10% discount. Yeah, baby. That's what's up. Remember, life is short. Do Do big big things, things, baby. baby. Pedro. Take us for a run.